Guess who? And guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FB crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's proper pies, meet-and-greet and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atska's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7 p.m. till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to FP Interviews. In-depth conversations with interesting people. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Today's interview is a man who used to make a living by having frozen pucks of rubber fired at his head. He's a former Boston Bruin, former Maple Leaf, Avalanche, Canuck, Dallas Star. He played in Europe where he played in Italy and Sweden. Currently, he's a Bruins studio analyst on Nesson and co-host of Morning Brew with Jaffe and Razor. Andrew Raycroft, welcome to Footy Prime, the podcast interview. Thanks for joining us, mate. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm excited to be talking footy. See, so everyone's here from Belleville, right, originally? They say, oh, Belleville, Ontario. Yeah. Yes, sir. Belleville, Ontario. Families. Family's all still there, parents, sister, the whole thing. So, so yeah, we get back as much as we can. So, obviously, you know, Razor, I'll call you Razor because I'm a Leaf fan. Yeah. So, you know, it's like I know you. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Best friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're obviously known for hockey, right? But you have a real appreciation for, for soccer. In fact, you've got a Ch- the Chelsea Stadium, Stanford Bridges, on your Twitter bio. Explain that one, can you? Certainly, yeah. That was, that was my first time, uh, 2015. Um, I went, my, one of my best friends lives in London and he goes to, to many games. So got to the bridge against Aston Villa, uh, a solid two, nothing win for the home team at Stamford bridge. So it's, uh, I, I love, I've loved premier league football for 20 years now and, and watching it on Sportsnet and Saturday mornings in Canada, uh, and, and following it all the way through. And then of course, being in Europe, a few times uh, I was there in the lockout too. That's the 05 lockout. I played in Finland and that's, that's really where I recognized how, how great the game is watching champions league in Finland from, uh, from the pubs every afternoon in, in March and April. And it, that's just, I've watched it and put it on my kids. My kids love soccer and they play it nonstop and love, love watching and following. So 
so yeah, this is exciting for me to be on it and, and talk it because you don't get to talk too much football, soccer with people here in Boston. <laughs> no, I guess not. Although I know some of the Boston, you, you mentioned uh, off camera about a couple of the Boston players, certainly close to the Revs and even uh, going to training sessions with New England Revolution. Um, I believe that's uh, David, isn't it? Yeah, Pasta's a Pasta's a big guy. He he's always down there. They always have him, you know, on the social media. But and obviously the Revs put together a pretty good program. They 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 blew it again this past season, uh, winning the winning the Shield and then falling out early. But they need a stadium here. That's the big one in Boston. Um, we do go to some games. My again, my little guys love it. But to go down to Foxborough and be in that big giant football NFL style stadium. It, it doesn't have that same feel. So they've been saying it for a long time. They just put a bunch of money and built a great training facility. So, so they're getting there. It's just a matter of finding the real estate here in Boston at this point that makes it viable. Yeah, I That's agree true. with you. Cause I mean, when we covered MLS games down there, I mean, Foxborough is way, way out. We actually used <laughs> yeah. to stay in Waltham. Yeah. Which is a, which is a beautiful little town, but it's, yeah. It's a long way from Boston, right? So I, I, it's quite a, it's an, a real commitment to go to Rev games, isn't it? So let's hope that they can do that for sure. It is a commitment and, and just it's a long ways and then add to the triple that with traffic. Uh, cause that's inevitable here in Boston as well. So, so my wife's from Foxborough and we still don't go down there very much. <laughs> you know, I used to, I think they're, they're, missing, ahead, they're, they're missing a stadium big time. And if they had it in Boston, because with our, with our sport, it's an urban game. Right, you need to be in the pubs, and everybody walks to the games. And and you're right, Foxborough's so far out of the way. It's and you don't tailgate the same as what you do as in, in the NFL. It's not it's yeah. not our gig, is it? But I think if they do build the stadium down in Boston, I think it could be huge there in that city because they get a piece uh, of great. They do, and and there's tons of young people, and, and there's tons of people that I mean, soccer is massive here. It, it's absolutely massive. The, the the young kids, the youth soccer. There's there it is right there. <laughs> Jimmy Brennan's phone every show. He says we're we hammering him. He says we're hammering him. I'm just telling him. Like Too bad those things don't have like vibrator silent. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> oh, he knows about all of, about the vibrator. <laughs> hey, Mark, hold you back. <laughs> he knows all about vibrators, just not that type of vibrator. <laughs> but you know, okay, so so Razor, but obviously in in Boston, uh, pretty good sports city, right? You know, pretty good success over the years with, with the Big Four. Um, where okay, whereabouts is is footy right now? Where is where are the revs on the whole? You know, media landscape, the fans. I mean, is is obviously growing, but I mean, is it still a distance from from the NHL, for example? Uh, it's, it's the, the, the big four is the big four, especially here in Boston. It's so traditional with the Bruins original six and the Celtics and the Red Sox. All these teams have been around for a hundred years. So it's not the easiest nut to crack here, but, but I have to say that it's, it's growing really quickly in the last six, seven years. And, and like MLS is seen everywhere, but, but the big one for, for this area is the fact that John Henry, owner of the Red Sox, has become owner of Liverpool. So, so that just, and because John Henry owns Nessie, you find Liverpool on TV more. You see a lot of Liverpool jerseys. They've come and played at Fenway. So, so that's given the bump, but also it's a very, it's a very cultural city. I know everyone thinks it's just Irish people here uh, and seen the, watched all the Boston movies, but, but there's a lot of, a lot of, 
college students here from all over the world, people from all over the world here in this country and in this area. And, and that the football is, is coming through on that. So between Liverpool and the Revs playing as well as they have the last couple of years, they're, they're, it's, it's shrinking really quickly, probably quicker than any other of the teams trying to catch up to the Patriots. You know, when we talk about you know, going back to, to hockey on this, uh, where do you see hockey in the future, Andrew, as far as, you know, it's, an, it's becoming increasingly more expensive to play. Uh, Canada is incredibly expensive. I mean, you have to be really upper middle class or have a family that's dedicated to your, your kids playing ice hockey to be able to make it at any level. And that's soccer is getting that way. I know in the States is becoming more expensive. The academies are expensive. If you want to make that next step is now becoming that in Canada a little bit, just feel that maybe, you know, both sports we're getting in a position where we're kind of, we're losing out on, on really good athletes just just aren't able to access hockey or even soccer. It's horrible. It really is. And I have a 12 year old and and twin eight year olds uh, involved in both sports. And, and, and fortunately we can make that happen. Uh, It's still not easy, but, but it's, um, it's hard to, it's hard to see the small town ranks go away. Uh, It's small. It's hard to see, just kids playing and having fun and not having to go to five skill sessions every week. Um, you know, growing up, I, we practiced once a week and we played on the weekends and we didn't think about playing any kind of hockey all for five months in the summer. It was, it was just everyone, the, the best players in the country were like that. And they went off and played soccer. They went off and played baseball or softball, whatever it was doing. And uh, that's gone. And, and I'm sentimental about it because I, I try and act or try and talk like, Oh, I, you don't need to do that. But I think, I mean, at the end of the day you do. And, and that's where the game's at. And it's unfortunate. And I think we have to find a way to, I'm not so sure that we're at the point. I don't think we can go back to what it was. Like I just said, I don't think we can go back to making it affordable either. I think it, it has to come from the opposite way. Do we, how do we get, companies involved in this? How do we set up scholarship funds that, you know, dedicated by Bauer or Adidas or like, that's where that co- those corporate dollars have to get all the way down to create scholarships, to create academies that, that don't cost money because there's too much money to be made out there. So people are going to do that. That's just the society we live in. So mm-hmm. let's try and have it come down the other way and get get some of these leagues and corporations and and whether it's MLS all right this is the revs are going to now fund seven leagues or seven seven age groups the bruins are going to fund seven age groups for these kids to be able to just go mm-hmm. and play and not make it this elite experience cuz mm-hmm. we, we, we reality is it doesn't it shouldn't be an elite experience i watch these kids every single whether it's a soccer field or the hockey rink none of them are making it and that's okay it's completely okay yeah, exactly. yeah. You know, we, we talk about the pyramid in, in European football, right? You know how and how the the elite should fund the grassroots. And there's always conversations and arguments. Why isn't the Premier League given more to grassroots football? The the FA in England are always, you know, trying to convince the, the shareholders of the Premier League, you know, invest more money. And I guess it's very similar with hockey as well. You have the NHL up here, and and there aren't many professional leagues below the NHL, you know, obviously in Europe there are, but not so much in, in North America. Should the NHL do more, do you think, you know, for, for funding grassroots? I, I think there just has to be an awareness that 
Yes, I think I think they do a good job. Hockey is for everyone. That's going on right now, and they're doing a really good job getting it to the inner cities. Getting you know, in Boston, I'm at a rink. Seems like every couple weeks, playing ball hockey and getting out and handing out sticks. And this is the game, but but I think to to your point, Craig, it's it's the middle class now. We have to get to we we need to get to like the the town that where the families are working. They're all well-educated, but they can't get over the hump to go to the rink six times a week. Um, They don't have the time, whether it's a job. They have to find ways to get a little further up that chain. It's not all the way just the bottom rung. It's it's probably the bottom two or three rungs now that we have to include and and, and get people to to be excited about the game. Because on top of that, Mm -hmm. unlike unlike soccer, hockey is really difficult. And you go out and skate once and you don't like it. Most people aren't going to, most kids don't like it. They just don't because you're falling all the time. It's really difficult. So, so you need that, you need multiple touches on these, on these, these little athletes to get them on the ice. And and that's the other issue hockey has, I think. Yeah. In in my experience, soccer is also very hard. Yeah. You're you're graded on a curve, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I stink too, but. I can feel like I'm good. Yeah. Jimmy? I think a big, big concern for me is, you know, it, it is expensive. And soccer is the exact same. Uh, I put some blame on the brands as well. When you look at the cost of, of a pair of plastic football boots or even hockey equipment now, the markup on, these, on the gear now is ridiculous. I mean, I just ordered my, my kid's jerseys the other day for his team. A couple, a couple of shirts, a couple of pairs of shorts, socks, 450 bucks. Then I got to go get his boots. And that's, that alone's cost me 200 bucks now just for a pair of football boots. And you think what they make it out of? Come on. Like, it's crazy, the markups. Huh? Thousand percent. I, in I, I, no, I agree. And that's, that's kind of where I like that the corporate, you know, find a way to cut that in a, a three quarters, right? Cut three quarters of that cost. Cause I'm doing the same thing with these, uh, the team that's, I literally each kid has three jerseys. Like, why do they need three jerseys to play yeah. soccer? I don't understand that. Why not every white and black? I mean, that's pretty easy. They don't <laughs> yeah. need the war the training gear, the warm-up jerseys, the three different pair of socks, the three different and, and to your point, it's five hundred bucks a kid. Yeah. And when, when another thing is who we talk about diversity in hockey. Uh, it, that's a really difficult uh topic because how does it become more diverse. It could in the crowd in the stand, but actually playing the game, how does that become more diverse when the cost for immigrants in Canada and even just Canadians already established here is out of their reach? So you can imagine somebody going, yeah, I'd love to get my kid in hockey, go to the rink. How much is it going to cost? It's like, ooh, how much is the equipment? Ooh, oh boy. Get some well, socks and then on top of that, like j- just even to start, okay, so I go to the rink and then while well, you can play on this team, you can play on this team, you can play on this team, you could go play on this other team too. Oh, this team here, this plays in the rink just down the street. You could go play there too. Whoa. It, all right. I'm done. I'm out of here. You just turn around and walk out because it's so confusing and you don't like, I'm, I've no done. I don't know where my kids are playing next year because it's so confusing. There's 500 teams in three different leagues and, I don't know where they should go. It's, it's, it's a stressful process. And, and to anyone who doesn't know it or doesn't, it's very easy to go find something that's easier. Yeah. yeah well, you if you're finding it that difficult, then <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I, I've, got a, I've got a friend. I've got a friend. He's got three kids, right? 
and he's blue collar working working guy. And he's got his three kids playing at the highest level of soccer right now. He's paying over $12,000 just in registrations a year for these three kids. And that's not including, you know, the travel, gas, everything, food, tournaments. And I, I said to him one day, I said, what the hell are you doing? And he goes, well, you know, I'm giving him an opportunity. I said, opportunity for what? Right? And one of them is like 16. I'm like, you're wasting your time. And he goes, well, you might get a scholarship. And I said, well, the money that you've spent, you've already paid for the scholarship. <laughs> That's what that compounded interest would look like right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's crazy Jeez. amount of money. Jeez, fellas, man. We got some bad mojo this morning, haven't we? Christ. I thought it'd be a fun chat. And now we would, oh, God, what's the point? What's the point of playing sport? <laughs> well, at least we all get it. Kids going to suck anyway. What's the point? Oh, <laughs> no, no, just you, Charms. Just you suck. Oh, just me? Yeah, well, I, I can acknowledge that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But shifting gears a little bit, you know, I I used to find any excuse to cover hockey within the the soccer media landscape, right? So I used to head down to the rink a few times and I got to interview some Leafs, uh, Pavel Kabina, John Michael Lyles. They were huge soccer fans, huge fans. In fact, Kabina would go around each summer and would travel around Europe with his his personal team and kind of spread the word, right? He, He loved it so much, but it does seem there's a lot of hockey fans sorry, soccer fans within hockey. Is it down to the European influence, Razor? It is. Yes, it, it certainly is. And it, it trickles down. And I played with both of those guys and talked lots of soccer with both those guys. Uh, John, John's a huge United fan. I played with, uh, I played with him in Denver and those guys, him and, and, and Paul Stats, they loved United. It was every morning we're talking about United or, or Chelsea. And uh, I know those guys went to Old Trafford that summer that I was there. And it, it, it's, it's, it is the European. It's well, guys have been over there, so they've seen it as well. And, and as all of you know, once you see it, I mean, it's it, it changes your life. The, the the match day ritual is something that you can't explain if you've never done it, and, and what the feeling is. And uh, it, so so yeah, it's certainly that influence coming over. And I think the I think hockey guys, most guys probably played it at some point growing up. Um, because of the off season, it's a perfect match. I mean, there's no better training for the summer for a young kid to for hockey than soccer. I mean, the the foot coordination, the running, the stamina, the the angles of of the field are very similar. Both both sports, and uh, so so you have that connection with it. And 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 again, it's it's uh, it's easy to appreciate how good those guys are out on the on the soccer pitch. Yeah. Well, you talk about Chelsea. You uh, you watched the uh, League Cup final against uh, uh, Liverpool, which was a fantastic game. I thought it was just the best nil nil I think I've ever seen. I don't can't recall anyone better. Um, but it brings up the subject of goalkeepers, and I got tanked nine nil at Man United. <laughs> Going back, right? I get reminded about it all the time. We never take out goalkeepers in soccer when you're getting absolutely shellacked. So what the hell is that about? And then you guys, you get let in four or five. You're like, hey, yeah, you pull me out. Hey, it was it was three last night in the Leaf game. Three is first that right? goals out. Yeah, the the Bruins uh, ran the Kings goalie out last night after four. So and yeah, as a hockey goal, you're staring at the bench. And if if the guy if it gets to five or six, you're just going off on your own. I mean, enough's <laughs> enough. So yeah, I'm I'm curious if you were looking over. To, to to the uh, to the dugout 
at four or five, or you just knew you're going to get smoked with all nine? Are you oh, looking I at the scoreboard, or are you looking at the the manager to pull you out? No, well, see, that's the thing over there. I say they never do it. I've never seen it happen, no matter what the score line is, and they almost see it. I think in the NHL, it's like respectful for you to get you out of the you know out of the firing yeah. line and end it. Over there, it's like if we pull him, it's actually disrespectful to pull him. So they're going to let you stand in there and just take a shellacking for the whole game. So it's it's very different. It's, it's very odd. But it's something we've all, all talked about often. It's interesting. Yeah, if you get five or six, you just start skating to the bench. Yeah. Hey, but you know the funny thing is with with hockey, you always see the guys going over and consoling the goalie, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden a little tap. And, in soccer, we don't do that. Six, I'm turning my back. I'm like, fuck this guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Here. You know what I'm, I'm talking about, Andrew. Yeah. I'm not getting oh, next to you. Hey, <laughs> hey, Andrew. Uh, I missed the uh, pre-record foreplay that made you guys all so close. But uh, um, I don't know if you knew about Craig, but he basically gave the Ipswich fans – the go, the go fuck yourself, whack off, go jerk yourselves off, uh, <laughs> behind, behind the back. Did it was the wanker sign. What was it? it? The wanker sign? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what you guys call that in England, but okay. The wanker sign. Have you ever come close to having fan interplay like that where you kind of stepped over the bounds? Cause didn't they write it up in the paper or something, Craiger? Like what, what was your closest foray into that? Oh, I stepped over it. Well, too bad. Too bad they didn't have YouTube back then. I'll go like, dude, is there a video of that, Craig, or is that just a YouTube? They didn't even yeah. have TV then. Yeah. Black and white. Um. I. I mean, definitely. There's. There's been times where you. You've. I. No. No gestures. Uh, I'll say that. No gestures that were overtly, but but certainly words at times where I was like, yeah, I might have. You know, I didn't really need to go out that far, but they probably didn't need to yell at me the way they did either. So uh, it's pretty hard when you got mitts on, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's tough to do that sign. Hey, you're really going out of your way to do it. You're really going it. And people won't get it even if even no. if you do it. Looker. So, so yeah, the, the, between the mask and the gloves, anything that you uh, unpolitely do to any of the the fans doesn't really translate. But I do have the YouTube video. The kids are have seen it here a little bit of when I was in Vancouver and got a big win in Toronto, and, and I did a little bit of a victory lap there. Uh, on Saturday night, so so that's probably as close as I got. But that was more more tongue, you know, more fun, more laughter than than anything else. Well, you you should have prayed in front of the GM. I mean, Christ, the defense yeah. in front of you, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. I tell you, it was tough. Well, on that, by the way, I mean, we're seeing right now Jack Campbell have a, have a tough time in Toronto. We keep hearing about the fishbowl of the Toronto market and the pressure on the players. Like, is it actually a thing? Can you can you explain to us? Because I mean, obviously. In European football, we see the pressure, you see the tabloids, but how, how hard is it to, to be in that position in Toronto? Oh, it is. It, it's a real thing. It's, it's, it's much different than anywhere else in the league when you have 50 beat writers rather than just the one beat writer who, who's your buddy on the road and hangs out with everybody and, and says positive things all the time. You don't have the, you don't have the random columnist that drops in once a month to just drop a bomb on you personally about how bad you suck and then walks out. You never see him again. You don't get to talk about it. And, and I'm sure you guys know exactly who those guys are. And um, it, it's, it's, it's just hard. It, it's, it's every single day and you, you feel it whether you're at the grocery store or out to dinner or, just in the building itself, you see 
they they just love it so much, but it, they they also want to go negative so quickly. Uh, and I think that's one difference, right? You, you and and I always envy it in 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 soccer. They always talk about the supporters supporting and, and keeping the team going. Where you give up those three goals on Saturday, maybe this is why they need to pull goalies too right away. Is because they're, they're ready to boo. They're throwing your jersey out on the ice. They're throwing popcorn at you. Whereas it, you know in soccer, they're 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 trying to get you going. The supporters are chanting and and they're. They're they're trying to stay positive, but but certainly here in Toronto, uh, it's it's harder than everywhere else I was, and and you go to play in Dallas, and, and guys do it, guys go and like holy, this is easy, this is really easy to go and just play my game and not have to explain myself uh, every single afternoon or every single morning. That's interesting. So that is definitely a thing. I mean, with the with the atmosphere of the Toronto games, I mean we. It's not great. Uh, let's be fair. Um, they sort of sold, you know, because of the money side of things, tickets are incredibly expensive. It's very corporate, but the actual atmosphere isn't great. And when you talk about support, the only time you see anybody cheer is when the screen tells you to cheer. It's not, there's nothing sort of, uh, natural about it. Do, do the players notice that? It, it must be noticeable because some rinks are absolutely hopping in comparison. Yeah, you do notice it and, and you notice you, you again, you just feel that that don't screw up tension at times. And, and listen, you have games where everything's rolling and, and it's a blast and it's a Saturday night and it just has that different vibe. But but you yeah. can tell the difference even between a, a Toronto and a Montreal. You go into Montreal on a Saturday night and it's a party for the most part. You know, they still have their corporate sections, but it's yeah. much more of a. Let's have some fun and cheer and, and enjoy this game one way or the other. We're going to have fun tonight where it, it, you're almost more on stage in a, in Toronto where it's you better perform well. And if you don't, I'm not going to enjoy myself as a fan and I'm not going to create that in, enjoyment myself. I, I need you to entertain me. Uh, and that 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 adds pressure and that adds tension, I think. So let's compare the NHL fan bases and that match day game day experience to when you played in Europe, you played in Finland, you mentioned you played in Italy, um, you, you played, uh, you know, around Europe. Is it more of a, a soccer feel to the, to the games? I hear chanting. You hear, you know, you watch uh, some of the European games, um, and you hear the chants in the stands. I love it. It's fantastic, right? I mean, I wish we had more of that over here, but is it more of a football audience compared to the hockey? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Behind. Behind the net of in each game in Europe, every game that I was, there's, you know, big or small, there's a group of the supporters and they have their flags and they have the chance, they have everything going. And that was, that was it up to the highest level in Sweden and Finland. And then obviously Italy, there's not much hockey. I lived in Milan. The 12 people were behind the net, the same thing. They had their flags. They're traveling to every game. They're following the bus. It was, they're all in. And, and, and yes, so it, it, it's such a different atmosphere, such a different vibe. And uh, I, I couldn't understand most of the time what they were saying, but, but you knew it was they were having fun. And, and that energy in the building uh, gets created that way. So it was do a allow, Do they allow away se- uh, sections in, uh, in Sweden for away fans? Yes. Yeah. So every, every, every team travels, every support travels, even, you know, six, seven, nine hours in Sweden, right. they have a group, but, but certainly the, the big games, there's 
uh, one end and another end, and they they file them in the same way as they would a football stadium. Uh, it's 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 a blast. It really is. That that creates a great atmosphere. It does That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I noticed, I was uh, had the chance a couple of times to talk about the differences and sort of the nuances between the goalkeeping position and the goaltender position. Um, I'm not sure there's many, um, although I had a chance to sit even the 2010 behind Berdour, not for the Olympic final for the first game uh, the, against the U.S. Um, and watching the lateral movement of the very best goalkeeper, goaltenders in the NHL, that was what really caught my eye about watching Berdour was his movement. And, and when you watch a guy like Roger Federer on the tennis court and how he, his lateral movement is smooth and they make it look easy. Uh, is that a big part of it? And also one thing is that you can't see what's going on in front of you so often when somebody's hitting a puck, clearly can't see. What do you got? Are you just going down into a butterfly position and, and just making those angles, even though you don't see the puck? Because you, ha- you there's tons of times the things just whistling past your head. You have no idea where it's coming from. Is that like, how do you defend that? And are you anticipating sometimes where the puck is going? Oh, oh, yeah. So often that's projecting. It, you, you if, as long as you can see just a little bit of that release, then you should, you know, you'll have an idea over time that hockey sense builds. And, and Martin Brodeur had more hockey sense than, than anyone that's ever played the game. The best goaltenders you hear about Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux and Sidney Crosby, they're, they're hockey sense, their hockey IQ. And, the, the best goal to Patrick Waugh, Martin Broder, those guys had just as much hockey IQ. And you need that to be able to follow the game. To your point, Craig, you, you, you see half of the game, really, from that position. So you, you need to know where everybody's going, what they're doing, and where they're at on the ice. And, and the best do that. And you add in skating ability, lateral mobility to that, then, you, then you'll put together a pretty good goaltender. But but it all starts with with the projection, with the understanding of if he hits it here and these three guys are on the right side of me, I have to protect the left side. And that's all processed in a split second of, mm-hmm. of where that puck. It's more a matter of, OK, the puck can only go here if it's going to go in. So I have to block it here. Uh, mm-hmm. And you have to make that that assessment in, in, in real time in split seconds. And that's why there's there's only a few guys that can do it at the highest level. And then obviously deflections in front of the net, you can't possibly predict. And yeah, the, that's, impo- that's, that's where you get to the, the blocking and, and be as big as you can because that, those are impossible. So, so anytime you see a, a shot get tipped and whether it's just the, the most smallest of tip or the big 12 to six tip, either way, those are, those end up being luck if the goalie yeah. stops it. Was there any players that you played against? Where you were looking, going, please, for the love of God, don't let this guy hit it because he's got an absolute cannon. And I'm sure there's sometimes you're probably telling your forwards, put pressure on that guy and do not let this guy wind it up because this one's going to sting. Uh, yeah, Sheldon Surrey, I mean Montreal, that guy, he he ripped so many of them off my collarbone. And <laughs> I, I mean, I remember the one. It was literally the first game of the season. He came down the my right wing and just just shredded one off my collarbone, and it hurt so much. Like, I still feel it hurt. <laughs> uh, Rob Blake was another guy I played against who had an absolute cannon. And then, and Zidane Char, he was in Ottawa too. So it was Montreal, Ottawa, played them like a hundred times a year. And they just set those guys up on the power play for one timers. And, and, and you're just holding on. Hopefully you don't die. 
has <laughs> the has the synergy stick made the average shooter a good shooter now? Yeah, everybody rips it now. So anyone complaining about goalie equipment getting big or like it's a joke because these guys every the worst guy on the team can now rip it. They just lean on these sticks and and the 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 uh, the flex points everything they have go it, it, they're all rockets. So charms charms you should start playing hockey now. You know, yeah, what, you might have a chance. Sport. You got yeah, a you sport just, now. My biggest regret was not playing hockey when I moved to Canada. It really was because I mean I can't skate, but I would have been great. <laughs> 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 I would have been saying really special. What position? Kind of sport? You, you, what position would you have played, Charms? Oh, I would have been. Um, I would have been a a, a, a tough nosed uh, right winger. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, watch oh. out! Power forward, you know me. You lost. You lost me at tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 180. You lost me at 11. Did you ever Michael Bunsen? Huh? Ever uh, had any fights? Nothing major. I, I mean, I played. I did play in the time where warm up fights were were pretty normal. Uh, whether that was in junior, but but I, I'm not the biggest guy, so I always just kind of looked out for the other goalie and we'd be friends and hang out. I, yeah. I had one in the minors, uh, where it was, it was, I didn't know the other guy. It was actually a European goalie. So, so we, we kind of fought, uh, more of a wrestling match, more of a pillow fight for that, but the, the crowd enjoyed it. Uh, but, but yes, I did play in a time where you, you had to square up with, like you just grab onto guys because, there was 20 guys fighting on the ice and, and, and that was in the minors early two thousands. I mean, it was, it was a jungle. So, uh, I, 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 fortunately I, I survived being that 175 pounds of pure muscle and strength. <laughs> I got through, uh, not getting my ass handed to me. Has a game gone too far? Do you think regarding, you know, removing some of that physicality? Physicality and intensity. Yes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm okay with, not fighting. I'm, I'm certainly okay with that, with getting the guys out that were just goons that, that, all right, this is the, the, the one fight seven minutes into the game where they square up and they're falling on their heads and punching their heads in. It's funny to watch on YouTube now, but, but while you're, while you're in the game, I think it's, it's, it was unnecessary. And looking back, I guess you can look at it as unnecessary. So I love the fast pace of the game. I just wish we had a little bit more intensity like the playoffs on a more consistent basis, a little bit more hate between the players. And yeah. I get it. We're in a time of social media and they're all following each other and, and they all enjoy their, each other's jokes and, and they're all making a bunch of money. But um, I guess I'm a little old school and, and, and just like I, when, when these kids come flying across the middle of the ice with their head down and no one steps up and corks them and puts them in their like that, that drives me nuts. Uh, again, not, not dirty, not starting a fight hit, but just lay the body. Like, don't let a kid go 200 feet up the middle of the ice and not, not try and hit them. I think what bothers me too now in in the game, and I'm, and I grew up playing hockey as well, right? I love it. Love the game is that all the bullshit that happens now where if it's a clean hit and all of a sudden now there's a little scrum every single time. Yeah, and, and I feel like that's like the 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 new way of like oh we're tough. Um, and but but the old way of being tough was wow that like our teammate just got corked. Now we're gonna go cork one of their guys yeah. with a similar hit that's just as fair and bring the intensity up that way rather than someone gets hit. There's a scrum and then the intensity comes back out of the game. It, it yeah. doesn't build, and, and I always felt like it built when when I played 
that and there were some nights where there was no intensity and no hitting. Like I, I played in those games too, but but the mm-hmm. nights when someone got corked, you knew it was gonna build and build and that yeah. hatred was gonna come rather than have a scrum and then be done with it. Yeah, because you can feel new like generation oh, of, the new generation of players, Andrew, are they coming through and do they look at the old guys and the guys have had four hundred fights in their career and they, they, they think they're stupid and they do yeah. they look at that as being silly and they do or don't they i know i know that uh uh i've talked to a f- couple of former nhl older guys um ty domi to be one of them his son when he's ever got into a fight he is livid about it he does not want his son fighting he knows how <laughs> ridiculous it is and that's kind of interesting from a guy who had <laughs> plenty of fights himself yeah, no question. And, and I think we'd all think that way about our kids for the most part. I'm sure Ty also wants his kid to play hard out on the ice too. Uh, sure. And Max does do that. But, but yeah, again, that to that point of like taking your helmet off, tossing it, going to center ice and, and punching your brains in for, for really no reason. Uh, that, that's, that's long gone and, and rightly so. Well, fellas, we're almost out of time here. Um, Leafs Bruins first round could happen, you know, Razor. It's possible. With the, the standards look at the moment, Woo, I'm a, that, actually terrified of that at the moment. Boston in seven. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd rather see <laughs> the, the lightning. Honestly, even though the, the Bruins might be in a slow decline right now, I, I, that terrifies me. The whole thought of it terrifies me as a Leaf fan. Um, Andrew, thank you so much, mate. I really enjoyed this, and uh, we'll have to get back, get you back on again very soon. Oh, I'd love to anytime. This is a blast. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks Andrew Raycroft. Uh, thanks, fellas. Always fun. Uh, we are back on Thursday morning um, after our Wednesday night podcast talking about, I have no idea, stuff and, and more stuff. Uh, follow us, like us, subscribe, all that stuff. Cheers very much for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.